Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that you are right here in the midst of your people, that you're the reason why we have gathered. Tonight, draw us closer unto you. Tonight, impart our lives, for we've come for times of impartation with you. We want to receive something from you, O oh God, tonight that will change something in our lives. Change the way we think, change the way we live, change our understanding about things, change our level of knowledge, change our experience of you. And I pray for everyone tonight, anyone watching, anyone here in present, anyone who will be listening. I pray let everybody without exception receive an impartation in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for myself. I need an impartation to use me tonight, oh God. Cause me to become a vessel through whom your living word will come forth unto your people. Use me effectively. Holy Spirit, help my infirmities. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say aloud, Amen. Amen. And clap unto the Lord once again. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. I have been sharing with you about the Holy Spirit. Is that not so? And it is such an important subject that it is not a subject or a topic that you just rush through. Amen. You should not be in a hurry. Because usually when you are in a hurry to learn something, you end up missing out on certain things. In school, when your teacher is teaching you, you must not be in a hurry for him to finish saying what he's saying. You know, usually in class, you find some two known people. Even before the teacher has finished saying what he's saying, they want to say it. So that everybody will know that they know. How many have met some two known people like that in school before? Or perhaps you were the two known one. Mercy Lord. Wow. So we are not in a hurry. Because what we are learning and what God is teaching us is so important. That we need to take our time and understand this very important subject or topic on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so for some weeks now, that is all I have been teaching you. I started off by explaining to you who the Holy Spirit is. And then I moved on to introduce the subject of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then from there, I have been looking at why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've done part one. We did part two last week. 
and we are moving on to the third part of why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To recap, number one, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can have the assurance of the presence of God with us all the time. Do you have that in your notes? And I hope that you are a serious student of the Bible who has come to church. Where's my Sairam? Hey, Sairam, the man. You the man. You the man. All right. Today you are doing camera work. So I shan't disturb you. All right. But make sure you have all these things written down. And don't just write them down. Then when you go home, you just throw the notes away. Pick them up. Run through them. That is how you gain more knowledge and understanding in the word of God and in the things that you are taught in church. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who gives us that constant assurance that we are truly the children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. It is important to have that assurance in your Christian walk to actually know that I am the child of God, that I am the son of God, that I am the daughter of God. Hallelujah. And it is the Holy Spirit who gives that assurance. So the more of the spirit you have, the greater that assurance in your heart that I'm actually a child of God, I am the son of God, I am the daughter of God. Hallelujah. So I remember learning a song, F, E flat. We are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. We wash our robes in the blood of Jesus. We are the sons of God. Have you heard a song like that before? Yeah. So that is what the song is explaining to us. We are. Uh, you know, the way it is, we couldn't have said, We are the daughters of God. Yes, and I said, and Jom no Bisa. So, daughters, please forgive us. Alright? You are in it. Every daughter is a son. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So the Holy Spirit gives us that constant assurance that we are truly the children of God. Number three, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit who is our seal or stamp of redemption. Now, if you are born again and you are a child of God, God has placed a stamp on you, a seal on you to indicate that this person, this guy, this girl is my child. And this person has been saved. And so he has a portion in the new Jerusalem and he has a place in the kingdom of God so the Holy Spirit therefore is our seal or our stamp of redemption hallelujah as the person sitting by you show me your stamp what did they what, what are they doing are they showing you the stamp how can you show this the Holy Spirit is invisible all right so if the person tells you that this is the stamp, tell the person that either you are speaking spiritually or you don't understand what we are talking about. Hallelujah. Number four, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
we receive the Holy Spirit who helps us to develop a good Christian character. Hallelujah. And a good Christian character is a character that portrays Christ. That's what it is. And without the Holy Spirit, we can never exhibit or show a good Christian character. Now, the reason why we struggle in this area is because we have not yielded completely to the Holy Spirit or, or the, the level or the degree to which we have yielded to the Spirit is not great enough. And that is why sometimes you wonder that why are we the way we are? Why do we still keep doing some of the same bad things that we've struggled with for a long time? The reason is because we've not yielded fully to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But when we do, and when we allow him to take control, he will actually help us to develop a good Christian character. And such a character portrays love. It portrays joy. It's peace-loving. It is long-suffering. It is gentle. It shows a lot of goodness. It has a lot of faith. It's very meek or humble. And it is temperate in all things. Hallelujah. Number five. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who gives us power and boldness to witness or preach effectively about Jesus. Amen. So Jesus told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until you've received the promise of the Father. He was referring to the Holy Spirit who was to come down upon them not many days after Jesus spoke to them. Now, last Sunday, I started sharing with you the other reasons for our salvation. And what I'm trying to do is to get you to understand why you are still alive and why God saved you. There are some basic reasons that we know, that we understand, that we can relate with. But beyond those basic reasons, there are some other reasons why we have been saved. And I explained to you last week, Sunday, or last Sunday, the Sunday that just passed by, that God has saved us because he has a plan to use us to save others. Hallelujah. God wants to partner with us to work out the salvation or the redemption of others. And this is something that we must all take very seriously because it is one of the main reasons, it is one of the cardinal reasons why you have still been kept here on earth. Otherwise, after you got saved, God should just have ejected you. You should just have disappeared from here to end up in heaven and to be ushered into your mansion. But God has a reason for keeping us here. Amen. And the reason is so that he can use us to reach out to others. But understand this. That it is through the Holy Spirit that become effective in this assignment. The great commission that has been entrusted unto us. The ministry of reconciliation that God has given to us. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot fulfill that commission. And without the Holy Spirit, we cannot fulfill that assignment. And the Holy Spirit comes mightily upon us to help us to be powerful and effective witnesses unto Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I've said this to you and I'm saying it again and I'm emphasizing it one more time. That we are supposed to be witnesses unto Jesus. Not unto a church. 
not unto a denomination, not unto a man of God, not unto a woman of God, not unto a prophet, not unto a bishop, not unto a pastor, not unto an apostle. We are supposed to be witnesses unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So learn how to talk about Jesus. And learn how to share the good news about Jesus. Don't do churchianity. Don't do denominationalism. Don't do that. Because the average charismatic Christian knows how to tout the glory of his pastor or of his church and of the denomination. And they, all they know to do is to invite people to church. Come to my church. My church is beautiful. My church, the worship is great. The music is wonderful. My church, my pastor can preach. Oh, hey, he can preach. Oh, he can preach. Oh, he can. That is not witnessing. You are not witnessing about Jesus. You are talking about a man. And it is an error. Everybody say, it is an error. And I believe a time is coming when Jesus will be elevated and everybody else will be placed low. You didn't say amen. Amen. Hmm? I believe that God is bringing us to that time. And it's important that we get there. Otherwise, the, the power, the glory, and all the, the, the wonderful experiences that we are supposed to have and, 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 and experience, we are not going to have them. Because Jesus is not being lifted up and Jesus is not being elevated and is not being given the highest place. Amen. Number six. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who grants us spiritual gifts for the work of the ministry. There are different gifts that you find in the body of Christ. So there are gifts of wisdom. There are some people who have that gift of being able to give good advice. Amen. Some have a gift of word of knowledge. Some have the gift of faith. Some have the gift of healing. Somebody has the gift of miracles. Some have the ability to prophesy. Somebody has the ability to discern. Somebody has an ability to speak in unknown tongues. Somebody has the ability to interpret the tongues that are being spoken. Now these are different gifts. But the source is one. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source. And he gives to us severally he gives different abilities to different people depending on who you are and what you can handle because we are all not the same do you understand that do you understand that we are all not the same and God is sovereign he decides what he gives to whoever he pleases it is true that we've been asked to covet after the best gifts. It's okay to desire to have the gift of prophecy, the gift of word of knowledge, and all of these other gifts. There's no problem to covet after it and to desire it. But you must understand that ultimately it's God who decides what he's going to give to who. And he looks at different things. But one of the reasons why he chooses this person and not this other person is because he's God alone. He is God alone. It, it, it amazes me how people feel that they can manipulate God. <laughs> it, 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 it amuses me. 
You cannot manipulate him. You cannot manipulate God. You can't. And it's not every time that God will give you a prophetic word for somebody. Abba. That's not how it works out. So you, you find out that sometimes, you know, and I think that part of the problem has to do with the church members. They try and turn their pastors into something that they are not. So when you meet your, your, your prophet, no, why? Is that the thing you can turn it on and off? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's not a switch. When you feel like it, no, pra. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who is behind it. He is the one who is behind it. You are not the one who is behind it. And for it to work, you must collaborate with him. Whenever you get to a point where you go ahead of him, then we are beginning, that's where we begin to have a lot of problems. But in operating the gifts of the spirit, the Holy Spirit must always lead and those of us that he's working through must follow. And when that understanding is there, we will always remain little in our own sight and never feel that we can manipulate God or manipulate the gift. Hallelujah. So that's just something that I, 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 I felt like saying. I didn't plan to say it because I'm preaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What do you think about that? Number seven. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who helps us to pray. And this is the seventh point that we are moving on to. Remember that we are talking about why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in this point, I'm explaining to you that the Holy Spirit is needed in our lives because he helps us to pray. He helps us to pray. I think a couple of Sundays ago, the choir ministered, we must pray. Is that not so? That God answers our prayer and all of that. Now, prayer is very important. How many know and believe that prayer is very important? It is very, very important to pray. And Jesus revealed the importance of prayer to us when he gave a parable to the effect that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Then he spoke to us through the apostle Paul where he said we should pray without ceasing. So prayer is important. And it's been said that a prayerless Christian is a dear being, a powerless Christian. The more we pray, the more powerful we become. Hallelujah. Now, look with me at Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27. And don't forget the point that we are explaining. It is that through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who helps us to pray. Have you found Romans chapter 8 verse 26 to 27? When I ask a question, 
I want an answer. When I ask a question, I want an answer. So let me ask the question one more time. Have you found Romans 8 verse 26? What is the answer? Yes. Okay. It says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings. Which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. King James brought forth. Let us move on to the New Living Translation version. It says. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Everybody say, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. It continues. For example, so now he's showing us how the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. It says, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Hallelujah. Now this scripture has been the subject of controversy on the social media for some time you know there have been all kinds of discussions about it about what it means to groan in the spirit we've had some of the leading very experienced highly anointed men of God speaking and pointing out that there are certain excesses that are occurring in the charismatic world especially these days and they were talking about how, you know, sometimes you go for a prayer meeting, then <laughs> you have about three different people. So you have a prayer chorus or a prayer choir. Have you seen some before? So one person is doing. <laughs> Have you seen some before? It's powerful. Mumayanka, <laughs> it helps the prayer. <laughs> but you see, usually in all of these things, there are excesses that okay. And so there's been a debate about what it means to groan in the spirit. I don't want to get into that debate. I just thought I'll mention this to you. But what we are really interested in is this statement that the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now you see, it is very easy to get confused by this scripture. In the part where it says, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings. 
the New Living Translation says, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed. Then at the last part, it says, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. The King James says, he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, a casual reading or assessment of this will make you think that it is the Holy Spirit who is praying. Alright? So when you read this scripture, it's like the Holy Spirit is the one who is praying for us. So we don't need to pray. That one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is that he prays for us. And the Holy Spirit himself is praying for you. Because he's also explained to us that he maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. So it's like that there's nothing to worry about. But you see, that is a mistake. Now, one of the things you need to understand about the Holy Spirit is that he never comes to do anything for you apart from you. I'll say that again. The Holy Spirit never comes to do anything for you apart from you. What I mean by that is he never imposes himself. He never does. He never forces himself on anybody. He doesn't manipulate. He doesn't control. He's a, he doesn't dominate. He doesn't exploit. When you put all that together, you get mice. Manipulation. Intimidate. Control. Exploit. She's laughing because she's warned me not to preach a certain message that I said I was going to preach. The Holy Spirit is not like that. And so if you are in a place where there's a lot of manipulation, there's a lot of intimidation, there's a lot of controlling, there's a lot of exploitation, one of the clear messages you should get from that thing is that it is not the Holy Spirit who is behind it. I'm telling you something, oh. I'm telling you something. The Holy Spirit, he doesn't do that. And he never forces himself on anybody. And that is why we have been told that grieve not the Holy Spirit. He's such a gentleman that you can actually grieve him. And he says, quench not the Spirit. You can actually quench him by the way you relate with him. He never forces himself on anybody. Anything that he's doing in your life, he needs your cooperation. You will have to cooperate with him. You will have to yield to him. You will have to ask him to help you. So when we talk about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now that sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, it means so many things. One of them is the participation of the Holy Spirit. One of the other things it means is the contribution of the Holy Spirit. He never does anything in the life of a believer apart from the believer. He needs you to be able to do anything that he's doing in your life. And so when you read this, so you, you, that is why 
God needs us working in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to save others. Because the Holy Spirit on his own cannot save anybody. He can't. Yes, he comes to convict of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He does that. Now, for somebody to be saved, somebody has to tell that person about Jesus. But that person will have to work in conjunction with the Holy Spirit who will now have to convict the person to hear and to receive the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so if you read Acts chapter 8, for example, there you find the story of how the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip to go somewhere and that he was going to meet an Ethiopian eunuch. So the Holy Spirit spoke to him and directed him on where to go, where he was going to meet the guy. But how did the guy become saved? Philip had to preach to him. The Holy Spirit just didn't work on the person and then brrr, the person is saved. Philip had to preach. So there had to be a collaboration between the Holy Spirit and Philip as the witness of Jesus Christ in order for the Ethiopian eunuch to be saved. I'm explaining something to you. That the Holy Spirit never imposes himself on anybody and never forces himself on anybody. Now, when you read here and it says, and the Holy Spirit helps our weakness, or likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You see, that word helpeth, in that phrase, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. That word, helpeth. It is translated from a Greek word. And that Greek word has three different roots. One of the roots means hold together or to take hold together. Then the other word, the other root word means with. And then the third root word means against. And so when you put it together, where it says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Based on these things that I've shared to you, I've told to take hold together. Then I've mentioned the word with, and then I've mentioned the word against. When you put it together, you can rephrase this statement. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You can rephrase it in this way. Likewise, the spirit also taketh hold together with us against likewise the spirit also taketh hold together with us against so when we say likewise the spirit helpeth our infirmities what it actually means is that likewise the spirit also taketh hold together with us against our infirmities what it that's what it means so it's a collaboration he's working together working together with us to help us to overcome our infirmities. So, when we say that we don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit prayeth for us with groanings that cannot be acted, what it actually means 
is that the Holy Spirit takes hold together with us in prayer against the obstacles and the hindrances we encounter in this life. So think deeply about what I'm saying. That when it says that the Spirit maketh intercession for us according to the will of God, it started off by saying that likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. And I'm linking those two things. And what it actually means, it does not mean that the Holy Spirit is praying for you. That's not what it means. What it means is that the Holy Spirit is taking hold together with us to pray and to deal with any obstacles that we encounter whenever we have to pray. One of the difficult things sometimes it is to do is to pray. How many struggle to pray sometimes? I do. If you didn't lift your hand, they would pray and it be nihokra. So why would you even struggle? That's what I say. But those who know what I'm talking about, sometimes it's a struggle. And that is also one of the reasons why God has given the Holy Spirit to us and has given us the baptism of the Holy Spirit to help us so that we can pray. Because usually at a certain level when you are, when you are praying you pray for your wife. <laughs> you pray for your children. <laughs> you pray for your job. You pray for your school. Then what else do you pray for? You pray for Ghana. Not many people pray for Ghana. At all, at all, at all, at all. Pray for your finances. You will discover that a lot of the prayers we pray are selfish prayers. And that you bind devil. Is that not so? All of it. They, they all have to do with something to do with you. Or something that you benefit from either directly or indirectly. So a lot of our prayers are very selfish and very self-centered. There are times when it's a struggle to even know what to pray for. It's a struggle to know what to pray about. And there are times when you run out of vocabs. So as you are praying, oh God, oh God, thank you God, praise God, hallelujah God, amen, amen. Then you remember somebody prayed and said, omnipotent God, so you too you say some. Omnipresent God, you too you say some. Omniscient God, you too you say some. Then as you are there, the things not coming. Then you change it. Then you kick him. We you kick him. We you kick him. At that point, you can't pray anymore. Now, do you remember that Jesus, the, the word of God says we should pray without season? How can you pray without season with this limited vocabs? But that is where the Holy Spirit comes in. And that is why there is the gift of tongues. And that is why the coming of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit has this important ingredient of a prayer language called tongues attached to it. And what happens is that through that gift that is enabled by the Holy Spirit, he revolutionizes your prayer life. And so you can pray in the language of the Spirit for a very long time. 
and the Holy Spirit is working with you. So as you are praying, the Spirit is guiding and directing what you are praying. You don't understand what you are saying. But sometimes as you are praying in tongues, you may not know, you may be praying for somebody in Ukraine. You may not even know it. But what is actually happening is that the Holy Spirit is guiding you to pray or to make intercession according to the will of God. That's what happened. So that is how he helps our infirmities in the area of prayer. So he takes hold together with us to be able to pray and to overcome the obstacles and the hindrances to prayer. You don't know how to pray. You don't, look, there are times when you realize that you have a burden. As a baby, so, so, but you don't know what it is. Anytime you feel that way, it means you should pray. It is a call to prayer. Anytime you have that restlessness inside you, I said something is not right. Something immediately begin to pray in the language of the spirit. Because often it is a prompt. It is a stirring up of the Holy Spirit to get you to make intercession according to the will of God. So one of the reasons why we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so that he can actually help us to pray and to pray well and to pray properly. Hallelujah. So there are times when you are praying, you may actually be praying for yourself or you may be praying for others. Let to us alone. Every time we are praying, we will pray for ourselves. How many agree with me? Left to you alone every time you pray for yourself. You know? <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a film that I watched some time ago. Um, I think it's the head of state. Okay, so there were two guys who were standing for the presidency of the United States of America. One of them was a black funny guy. Then the other guy was a white guy. Now, this white guy, anytime he gives a speech, he ends it with a statement. God bless America and no one else. <laughs> yeah. So, God bless America and no one else or nowhere else. That's how he ends his speech. You know? So, the other guy one day said that, look, you this guy, stop this nonsense. How about God bless America? God bless Africa? God bless India? He said that God should be able to bless everywhere else. Because of the selfishness in us, every, if, if we are left on our own, you never pray for anybody else. You will never pray for anybody. You just pray for yourself. If you are praying for somebody else, it is because there's something that you are getting from the person. <laughs> yes it is because there's something that you are getting or you are expecting from the person that's why that person has featured in your prayer otherwise everything is directly about you so it's part of our infirmity we are very selfish and very self-centered but we need the Holy Spirit to drive us out of that thing hallelujah how many can understand why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very important? Especially in the area of prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, my time is almost up. Number eight. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit 
who teaches us a lot of things. We receive the Holy Spirit who teaches us a lot of things. Like what? Things about God and things about the things of God. So through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who teaches us a lot of things about God and about the things of God. John chapter 14 verse 26. John 14 26. It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Notice what he says next. He shall teach you all things. He shall do what? Teach you all things. And he continues, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He shall teach you all things. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to teach us all things or to teach us a lot of things. And usually what he teaches us on have to do with God, have to do with the things of God. Now, Jesus said in the scripture that we looked at, he said, and you will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, Jesus Christ, most of the things that he talked about had to do with God, had to do with the kingdom of God, had to do with the things of God. So when he says that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that he's taught us, it means that the Holy Spirit is going to remind us and teach us a lot of things about God and about the things of God. And it is one of the reasons why we need the Holy Spirit and we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that he can teach us a lot of things. Amen. And by the way, anytime I talk about this, I take pains to explain to my hearers that it's not just spiritual things that the Holy Spirit can teach you. He can actually teach you on any subject, anything that you are doing. If you will only cooperate and collaborate with the Holy Spirit, he will teach you a lot of things. So what do you do? You are doing business. The Holy Spirit can teach you how to do business such that you will be very, your business will be very profitable. Or you are a student. You can see that your head is not good. When you learn, it doesn't stay. You don't understand anything. But you can, you can, you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And he can teach you a lot of things. What your teacher has been struggling to teach you, if you can learn to yield to the Holy Spirit, he will give you understanding about the subject even better than your teacher. Because some teachers are lousy. Is that not so? Yes. What do you do? You are a hairdresser. He can teach you a lot of things. He can show you styles. Styles. Eh? A way to do people's hair. So that when they, when they get up from the chair, their response will be, what a wow. What a wow. Because there are some hairdressers. I said there are some hairdressers.
By the time you finish and they say, look into the mirror, your response, hey, why me? Hey, <laughs> It is you. It's just that what they have done on your head, you look like you've been given a special assignment to carry the whole world. Or sometimes you've gone to a tailor that he should sew a shirt for you or a suit. <laughs> when you wear the suit, the way the suit has been sewn, even you can't stand well. So, do you see? This is how you are standing. Because you cannot lower your arm. You cannot. You can't because Jesus said, that times when they finish it's like you are like this so <laughs> it's almost like you are just about to be spent sent on a space mission you are they are you are waiting to board the rocket to mass but i say it is because you've had the unfortunate experience of going to somebody who doesn't know what he's doing Whatever you do, the Holy Spirit can add. He can teach you a lot of things. So I'm just saying this to say to you that don't limit the Holy Spirit to just spiritual things. Of course, that's the most paramount. But I tell you, there is so much that the Holy Spirit can teach us. So many things the Holy Spirit can teach us. Because he knows every subject. From archaeology to zoology. He knows everything and it's about yielding to him, collaborating with him, inviting him. And when we do that, I tell you, like they say, the sky will be the limit. So these things that I'm explaining to you are to help you to understand that the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a very important experience that we need to have in our lives. And some of us have that experience, but it's like you have it, but it doesn't benefit you much. And the reason is because the collaboration and the surrendering and the yielding and the inviting of the Holy Spirit to, to be with you and to help you and to guide you, that thing is missing. So he's there. He's there, but you don't, you don't, benefit, you don't benefit much from him. I'm teaching you these things so that your relationship and your communion and your fellowship with the Holy Spirit will be deepened so that the Christian experience will be a far more enjoyable one than what you are currently experiencing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of time. I'll continue next week. Sunday, rise to your feet. Next week, Wednesday, I beg your pardon. Rise to your feet and let us close. Hallelujah. Like I said, we are not rushing through things. We are taking it little by little. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We are grateful to you for your word and thank you for what we have heard tonight about the Holy Spirit, who he is and why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I pray, oh God, that you continue to elaborate on these things to us through the Holy Spirit, that as we move away from here, may he teach us more things in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say, Amen. Why don't you clap onto the Lord tonight if you've been blessed?
Thank you for listening to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.